0: The race is just down to just two now on the Republican side. Donald Trump and the person who will lose to Donald Trump. So
1: there were 14 people in this race. There were a lot of fellas. It's now one fella and one lady left.
2: Yeah. It's pronounced felon. Welcome, special coverage, New Hampshire.
3: I fall off my chair And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you
2: I am From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles This is the broadcast that's heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI And Round Mountains KKRN Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW, Lanchester, Pennsylvania's W News, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ concord new hampshire's hello concord uh on wnhn fayetteville arkansas kpsq fairmont west virginia's wefr seattle's kodx jamesville wisconsin's wadr and minneapolis st paul's am 950 ktnf We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, No Lies Radio, Detour Talk, and most of your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing Planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from Bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us for what is... Uh, Like I said, we'll call it our special coverage of whatever the hell happened on Tuesday in New Hampshire and whatever the hell may happen between now and November. Welcome to the Bradcast. Good day, Desi Doyen. Good day. Uh, After an underwhelming victory at the Iowa caucuses just one week ago, at least for a guy who was running as the de facto incumbent presidential candidate in the Republican Party. Donald J. Trump was only slightly more whelming on Tuesday (laughs) in New Hampshire, at least if you bother to pay attention to the actual results. Last week in Iowa, with a very far right, self-proclaimed evangelical Republican turnout, Trump defeated all of his combined Republican competitors only by about 11 points. On Tuesday night in New Hampshire, however, according to the latest available reported results, Trump again beat his competition, in this case largely one candidate, Nikki Haley, by, yes, about 11 points. Still, that was enough for the corporate media to declare a decisive, triumphant victory for the twice-impeached former president, who currently faces 91 felony charges uh, uh, as uh, now on an inevitable glide path to becoming the party's 2024 presidential nominee. And they may be right, even if Nikki Haley on Tuesday night, and what, in truth, I thought was a very good victory speech, despite coming in second place, uh, she seemed to see it a little differently as she optimistically vowed to plow forward toward the primary, in her home state of South Carolina, scheduled for late February, and then, yes, even beyond.
1: I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. It's not a power. <laughs> well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. With Donald Trump, Republicans have lost almost every competitive election. We lost the Senate. We lost the House. We lost the White House. We lost in 2018. We lost in 2020. And we lost in 2022. The worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. A Trump nomination is a Biden win and a Kamala Harris presidency. The other day, Donald Trump accused me of not providing security at the Capitol on January 6th. Now, I've long called for mental competency tests for politicians over the age of 75. Trump claims he'd do better than me in one of those tests. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But if he thinks that, then he should have no problem standing on a debate stage with me. In the next two months, millions of voters in over 20 states will have their say. We should honor them and allow them to vote. And guess what? In the next two months, Joe Biden isn't going to get any younger or any better. (laughs) We'll have all the time we need to defeat Joe Biden.
2: None of that, however, appears to have made the former president any too happy. After an uncharacteristically gracious victory speech last week in Iowa after the caucuses there, Trump returned to form in angry and even vaguely threatening remarks shortly after Haley's own on Tuesday night, targeting his own former U.N. ambassador.
3: Today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely. But I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win, she lost. And you know, last, last week she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around, I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And I said, she's taking a victory lap. Ron beat her also. You know, Ron came in second, and he left. She came in third, and she's still hanging around. She only got 25% of the Republican vote. Who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and, like, claimed a victory? She did very poorly, actually. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy come up, I said, what's she doing? We won but I don't get too angry, I get even. And just a little note to Nikki, she's not, gonna win. <laughs> she's not gonna win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes, and I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons, a little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about, but she will be under investigation within minutes, and so would Ron have been, But he decided to get out. He decided to get out.
2: That was Donald Trump, his version of a victory speech, very eloquent as usual after the New Hampshire race uh, results came in on Tuesday night. In any event, a record number of voters did cast a ballot in New Hampshire's Republican primary on Tuesday, according to The New York Times. As uh, former President Trump cruised to an easy victory over Haley, his last remaining rival, the total of more than 300,000 votes as of early Wednesday surpassed the previous high-water mark for a Republican primary when more than 287,000 voters turned out in 2016. The previous record for either party was the Democrats in their 2020 contest with more than 296,000 voters, many of them supporting Senator Bernie Sanders who defeated his then-rival Hillary Clinton by more than 20 points before going on to lose the nomination to her in the weeks ahead. While Trump won just more than 50 percent of the Republican vote on Tuesday night, his margin of victory decreased significantly from the GOP primary in 2016, when he won New Hampshire by about 20 points or so over a crowded field. But the exceptionally high turnout on Tuesday, as The Times sees it probably correctly, Underscores the electrifying effect that Mr. Trump still has on the electorate, driving loyal supporters and determined opposition to the polls as his divisive style of politics both inspires and revolts. Now, that is either very good news or very bad news for Democrats. How's that for unhelpful? We'll see if our guests joining us momentarily can do any better. I would not blame them if they don't. While President Biden did not appear on the ballot in New Hampshire on Tuesday after Democrats determined that the uh, February 3rd primary in South Carolina would be their first official contest of the year, the state held a Democratic contest anyway on Tuesday with the only challengers of note being Minnesota Congressman uh, uh, Dean Phillips. He received just under 20 percent of the vote and self-help guru Marianne Williamson tallied less than five percent. So who got most of the rest? Well, that would be President Joe Biden in a theoretically unsanctioned write in campaign that racked him up so far more than 55 percent of the vote on the Democratic side, with about 10 percent of the write in ballots still being hand tallied making him the first ever to uh, win a New Hampshire primary by write-in. That, I would note, is a slightly larger percent of his party's vote share by write-in than Donald Trump perceived being on the actual ballot. But it is also uh, somewhat apples to oranges, since the lack of a truly contested race on the Democratic side left undeclared, supposedly unaffiliated voters available to vote in the Republican primary instead. All of that said, I'd like to restate what I have felt it necessary to make clear a number of times since Donald Trump officially entered the American political realm, now almost nine years ago. I have no clue how to cover almost any of this. Uh, Every day is an adventure in sort of trying to figure it out.
4: (laughs) True. True.
2: Allow me to associate myself today with uh, TPM's David Kurtz, who noted similar this morning when he wrote, While last night's coverage of New Hampshire reinforced that political journalism is not up to the task of covering the 2024 election, I should confess that I have no real idea how to cover a presidential campaign where the presumptive major party nominee is a former president who auto-couped Faces criminal indictments in four jurisdictions, promises to abuse the powers of the office. He seeks to exact retribution against his perceived enemies, has no real policy interests or platform and is bent on strongman rule if reelected. This, he notes, is uncharted territory and the usual campaign and election coverage is not suited to navigating it. It fails to appreciate the seriousness of the moment, reinforces and celebrates Trump's worst tendencies, and leaves voters ill informed and under the illusion that this is somehow all normal. He goes on to cite his colleague, Josh Marshall, who prior to the results of Tuesday's contest in New Hampshire observed that it was sort of ridiculous to determine. Uh, how Haley needed to perform in the uh, in the Granite State in order to justify staying in the GOP primary that he believes she can never win. He said, "I'd put the number that Haley needs somewhere between 35 and 40 percent." Actually, she got quite a bit more. Uh, And then he added, the truth is, I have no idea. By any reasonable calculus, if she can't win in New Hampshire, she can't win anywhere. And really, it doesn't matter, he said. We're talking about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin when there actually is no pin. In other words, he notes Trump will win this no matter what. Joining us now is, uh, well, uh, someone who I don't know if she feels as clueless as I do in all of this, but she has been here, clueless or otherwise, along with me during pretty much all of the key Trump-related moments since that afternoon in June of 2015 when he descended the golden escalator to... Break Our Nation and Our World. Heather Digby-Parton is the award-winning salon columnist and longtime proprietor of the Hullabaloo blog. Oh, Heather, welcome back to the broadcast.
5: Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
2: We are also honored to uh, be joined yet again by the guy known largely as Simply Drift Glass, though also as Mr. Electrico on Twitter and by Bill at home, where he has been producing his professional left podcast weekly. That is, each week, but very strongly, for many years now, uh, from where he lovingly describes as flyover country Illinois. Oh, Mr. Driftglass, welcome back to the broadcast as well.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back on this exciting day when American history is at a hinge point and blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, and you know, so I, I should note, you guys were both scheduled to join us actually earlier this week for coverage uh, of the uh, two scheduled New Hamp, two of them were scheduled in New Hampshire uh, debates, uh, primary debates, until Nikki Haley decided, probably wisely, that she would participate in no more debates unless they were with either uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. So uh, we we cut you both loose for that planned special coverage. But I got to tell you, in truth. I just can't quit you two, so <laughs> I, I'm I, I'm happy to have found another excuse here today. Um, but uh, let me let me start here, since I, you know I, I as as noted, I really do not know how to cover any of this. So I want to start with a bit of a curveball for both of you. As NBC News reported earlier today, longtime viewers of The Daily Show will soon see a familiar face back in the hosting chair, Jon Stewart, who hosted the show from. 1996 to 2015, I think it was just about that day you joined us on the show, Heather, as he came down the escalator. John Stewart will return to the program. He'll host Monday nights through the 2024 election. He will continue on as executive producer for every episode until the end of this year and next, according to Comedy Central. Uh, Chris McCarthy, the president of... Uh, uh, MTV Entertainment uh, said uh, in our age of staggering hypocrisy and performative politics, John is the perfect person to puncture the empty rhetoric and provide much needed clarity with his brilliant wit, describing Jon Stewart as the voice of our generation. So let me get both of your thoughts on this. I'll start with uh, Digby Heather. Um, What's the most important news today regarding the 2024 election? What happened? (laughs) On Tuesday in New Hampshire or the announcement today by Comedy Central?
5: (laughs) Well, from my perspective, it's the announcement from Comedy Central, and I would guess that that's true for a lot of people. And not because it's so, you know, just we've been waiting, you know, on tender hooks for Jon Stewart to reappear, although I'm happy to see that um that's nice but what is even more important is the fact that even though the new hampshire primary happened just last night it really didn't make any difference at all Mm. uh because we have known i have known since january 22nd 2021 that donald trump would be the nominee for the republican party in 2024 uh so nothing has changed and there's been a lot of you know Churning and sturm and around this nominee, this you know, primary race. Mm-hmm. But in the end, Trump was always going to win, and and unless something happened to him, uh, which it has not uh, as yet. So, um, there's not a lot of news out of that. So, yeah, Jon Stewart, hooray, good, big news. I'm excited. <laughs> Actually, I,
2: I think it is big news, and not just because, oh, we all miss Jon Stewart, but you know, I've often thought that had John Stewart not uh, dropped out in 2015, just as Donald Trump was getting in, that we might have had very different results, in truth, in 2016. Uh, Driftglass, your thoughts on that? Which is more important, Stuart coming back, or what happened in New Hampshire?
0: Well, I, I saw how MSNBC was coping with New Hampshire, which was the Steve Kornacki Explorers Tertiary cross Crosstab show. Um, <laughs> with graphs, many, many graphs. And uh-huh. what's going on here and there, which, you know, it's great for him. This is his thing. That's wonderful. But there's no uh, there's no flavor left in that gum. They can chew it all they want. There's nothing there. I agree with Digby. You know, Donald Trump uh, is the once in future candidate. He was always going to be here. Uh, if something tragic had happened or wonderful, depending on your point of view, if the meteor had struck, then that would not be true. But if he's alive and upright and talking, he was going to be the nominee. So everyone's playing their cards face up. Everyone knows what everyone else is doing. everyone knows what's going to happen and it's, there's no drama to it at all, and that's all they really have. John Stewart, on the other hand, did for all those years the thing that the media wouldn't do. And I'm sure you noticed how frequently they used his clips to mm. tell the story. Mm. He would point his camera at Fox News and say, "Can you believe this crap?" And he'd point his camera mm. at the Republican Party and said, "Oh my God, they're all insane." Now, if you're working at a major network, you can't say that because lightning will strike and you know, <laughs> Locust will come. You can't tell the truth, uh-huh. but but his whole shtick was telling the truth with you know with with humor. But he was doing that which the media refused to do, yeah. which was point a camera at a thing and tell the truth about what was going on. So they used his clips to to one step remove to sanitize themselves from any blowback. I, we didn't say that. John Stewart said that, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to have someone with that kind of voice mm. back in the mix because it's really, really overdue yep. to have someone out there who's saying things like that. So,
2: I, yeah, I, I, you know, it sort of sounds like a, a joke question, but it really isn't. I mean, I, I, I think we really did the the nation really did miss him after 2015, uh, which you know allowed uh, Trump to walk in that door. I don't know if it would have played out the same way had he been there. All right. So let's talk about the thing that you guys don't uh, think doesn't uh, need any talking about at all. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought, uh, Heather, I thought that uh, Haley did an excellent job in her victory speech, even though she didn't win. Uh, but I don't really understand it. Uh, what What is her game here? What is she hoping for in staying in despite losing both of the first two contests and and facing GREATLY increasing pressure and attacks from those in her own party and even in her home state to get out.
5: Well, it's always been the question, hasn't it? I mean, why would anybody, I mean, Considering what we just said, and I think we all agree that Trump was always going to be the nominee. Man, why, why I, I would
2: just they want to go on record. So I'm I'm not there yet, by the way. I just oh, want okay. to go on the record. Right. I'm not there yet. But you and, and, okay. and Bill, I understand, are. Go ahead. Press on. <laughs> okay,
5: Brad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Live ahead. in your little dream world okay. if you want to. I will. Um, <laughs> summer
2: child. I will. Okay. Yes, I know.
5: It's okay. Right. Um
2: We'll mark Uh, this part of the show down to uh, put the montage uh, later this year when it's all. They are adorable at the stage. They really
5: are. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Um, You know, and by the way, just issuing the disclaimer, yes, if he falls face first into the omelet bar at Uh Mar-a-Lago, then maybe there's a chance. So other than that, though, I think we're, we're looking at a Donald Trump. Uh, versus Biden campaign. Um, So that's one of the questions. You know, what were these people hoping to get out of it? And there was always the idea, well, maybe they want to be VP or want to be, you know, in the cabinet. Now, it doesn't really, I mean, Haley is not going to be VP. I think after last night, if anyone had even the tiniest lingering question about that, that's over because Trump was extremely angry Mm -hmm. at her for not just collapsing onto the floor, crawling to him, kissing his feet and begging to be forgiven mm-hmm. for having run against him. Mm-hmm. So what is she doing it for? You know, it's that is that is truly the big question. And it again, I think it comes down to the face first in the omelet bar. Somebody was always gonna be sort of the he also ran, you know, the person who maybe if Trump doesn't make it to the finish line is convicted uh, in one of the, these his many, 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 many cases, <laughs> felony indictments, um, that there has to be somebody there to sort of pick up the pieces in the Republican Party. And I think maybe she's decided she's the last person standing. She's the last candidate there that that's going to be her. Now, it's going to come at great cost to her. Because uh, if last night was any example of what Trump is going to do to her, it's really about to get very, very ugly. Um, but I think that that's the position that she's taken; that she'll be the the fallback. Um, and in fact, she earned that position, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it, because you know, DeSantis was, of course, I think what we all thought would probably be the mini-Trump that would be there to, you know, step in if necessary. But he's just—he was just such a disaster. And so incredibly unlikable, you know, that even the the MAGA people couldn't stand him. So it's going to be Haley will be the fallback. And I think she may just be destroying herself in the process mm. because at the end of the day, it's going to be Trump. And I think that's the end of Nikki Haley. I just don't think we'll ever see her her again. Not that we're going to see DeSantis again necessarily either. Those kind of flameouts usually don't come back. But, her, but her, I think that's what it is.
2: So her strategy then is simply stay in at least long enough to be considered the yeah. second place, clearly the second place winner uh, in the event that, you know, lightning or a heart attack or a truck or a conviction or an omelet bar, you know, strikes Trump, <laughs> that she can credibly be considered the candidate in waiting to take his place. But... Uh, Drift Glass, if she does that, how can she be that person to take his place, if it's needed, for whatever reason, if she has spent several months uh, calling out Trump and he spent several months calling out her? Does it even make sense?
0: No, no. And and I mean, she would be a high-value convert. You know, it, there's that there's that bit from uh, Mad Men when, uh, uh, when Don Draper shows up at the cigarette meeting when he's not supposed to be there and tells him, well, how much how much more valuable would I be to you if you forced me into your service? You know, that would, wouldn't would that make a, even for a better story about this whole thing? I, and I can see her selling herself to Donald Trump yeah. at, a, at a high price. Hmm. You know, sure, she ups her value. But I think there's, there's an alternate theory that is maybe just mine because I'm crazy. But once upon a time, I believe the never Trump strategy back in 2015 was they're going to become the we told you so caucus. When Trump loses. In 2016, they're going to sweep back to power and say, we told you, we mm. told you, you know, this would be a bad idea, but you didn't listen to Bill Crystal, so now you have to listen to us because we're the ones who warned you. Mm-hmm. And they were going to take over the party again. You know, the Royalists were going to come back to power, and it was going to be great. And I think she might be playing the same game, which is when Donald Trump loses in November, she is the one who can credibly say, I told you, I warned you, he, he loses every election, he's a loser, and I, I, I held out my hand to him, and I, I told you he, he was a good president for his time. She's playing every card she has very well, but she's thinking, I think, maybe of 2028 20, and beyond. And what happens after he croaks or after he loses or whatever, there's got to be somebody there to play um, Khrushchev to his Stalin. There's you know, to bury mm-hmm. him and say, you know, he was a great man in his time, but let's move on, shall mm-hmm. we? Mm-hmm.
5: And She's already Stalin. saying that, yeah.
0: yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah, that's her whole game: is that uh, Trump can't win if he's the nominee. Republicans will lose. On the other side, uh, uh, Driftglass during his uh, vi- his actual victory speech, if that's what we want to call it, uh, Trump said, you know, that that Haley's not able to win, but if she did, I guess meaning uh, not able to win the uh, the primary, but that if she did, she'd be under investigation for what she has done in about 15 minutes, and he could name five. Five different things uh what the hell is he talking about bill
0: mobster mobster stuff you know the real real shame if uh, if you'd win this thing you know that real real bad stuff might happen i am not say i do it mind you i'm just saying you know terrible things could happen to you or he's onto some you know stuff from the files he stole from the white house or he's got leaks on her or whatever but you know he's he uh, it was marjorie taylor green who was out there saying that nikki haley needs to be eradicated from the republican party Mm-hmm. And, and people who stand in her way, this is Ronna McDaniels this morning, right? She was saying, um, Nikki Haley needs to get the hell out of the race. They're, they're all the party um, PowerPoints are telling her, get out, or things are going to go very, very badly for you. And that's just that's Donald Trump's method. It's, get out of my way or I'll destroy you.
2: So uh, let me see if I can find some common ground here, perhaps between all three of us uh, and... Even Nikki Haley, uh, the I my, it's my belief that, you know, through whatever circumstances uh, that might be required, if Nikki Haley actually did become the GOP nominee, that she'd have an easier time defeating Joe Biden than Trump would. That's the case that she's making. I think she's actually right. But am I wrong about that, Heather?
5: Well, I think earlier when we first started uh, doing these post-debate get-togethers,
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh, the four of us, that um, we, I think that's what I said, that I thought Haley would be the stronger candidate, the, the, the one who could maybe bring over some of those soccer moms and the, you know, the disaffected suburban, you know, light Republicans, uh, college-educated Republicans. Um, and And I still think that would be true in an alternate universe because the universe <laughs> that we live in is the one where Trump has a full-blown cult behind him. Mm. And I do not think that they would... I think, you know, let's just assume... Let's assume that if Trump were completely out of the picture and she did the full mea culpa, I love Trump and went to the funeral and, you know, I don't know, threw herself on the coffin or something, you know, maybe <laughs> that his people would, you know, think, well, maybe we've got to vote for Haley, you know, because that's who we have to vote for. But I don't honestly think that, it, you know, if he's still around and somehow she pulled it off. He's going to take his ball and go home. He's going to take his cult and go home and either, you know, encourage a right in candidacy or, you know, just say that there's no point in voting because the country has gone to hell in the handbasket or whatever. So that real universe that we live in, I don't see any path for anyone other than Trump to win and not because people love him uh, or that they, you know, would necessarily – hate Haley, but that cult is just, it exists, and there's no wishing it away. And I don't think that as long as Trump is around, or even the recent memory of Trump being around, I just don't think those people are going to budge. I just don't, mm. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is never going to come around and say, well, you know, we got to get behind Haley. Mm. I just don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's a possibility. I mean, uh, well you know, they've got a ways to go anyway.
2: Drift glass. Uh, Newt Gingrich, who turns out is still alive, I discovered today on Twitter. <laughs> He uh, he's a
5: zombie. He said
2: on uh, uh, on Twitter, he said President Trump got 74 percent among Republicans in New Hampshire yesterday while Biden voters gave Nikki Haley. It was Biden voters who gave Nikki Haley a false sense of being competitive. This was her best state and she lost. He said the general election begins now. Now, never mind what that means for Haley for a moment. Even if you trust Newt's numbers that uh, of those voters on Tuesday identifying as Republicans, 74 percent of them were voting for Donald Trump. Well, that suggests to me that only 74 percent of those voters voted for Trump, uh, who is sort of running as the de facto incumbent. uh, Shouldn't Republicans actually be concerned about that number being only 74 percent?
0: I guess when I was asleep, Republicans started caring about facts and reality. I, I'm, I'm glad that <laughs>
2: that's
0: happening now. No, they, what? whatever gave you the idea that the Republican Party base, that's who we're talking about, cares about any of that. This is 100 percent right. This is a cult. And if for whatever reason, if, if Nikki Haley were to pull ahead or win the nomination or whatever, Donald Trump 2024 would turn into Matthew Dowd 2016, which is – the duopoly is corrupt. We must vote third party, and and everyone should should rush out and, and withhold their vote because there's not a dime's worth of difference between the globalist Nikki Haley and the globalist Joe Biden, and, you know, half the party would leave with him. And that's all that's required. But,
2: but, so, if, but if it is Trump, we, we have an example here. I mean, it seems to me that if an, an incumbent president, which is how he is running— Actually runs in in some place like uh, Iowa or uh, or New Hampshire that they ought to do a hell of a lot better than seventy four percent. Doesn't that sh- shouldn't that be something that worries Republicans at this point, whether they're under his spell or not?
0: Well, as I, as I recall, he never got much above fifty percent in any of the primaries in twenty sixteen.
2: In twenty sixteen. Yeah, but, but, but he won them. But, but he, he won them and he went on to win uh, uh, the White House. But, you know, if he's running as a, an incumbent, I mean, he, you know, swept, you know, 90 percent, 95 percent or whatever in uh, New Hampshire back in uh, in in 2020. Now he's only running 74 percent.
0: Well, I'm, I'm a great believer that Republicans do one thing very well and that's they fall in line.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: once I mean, Nancy Mace was a denouncer, and Mm -hmm. then she's a supporter, and Lil Marco was a denouncer, then he's a supporter, and Tim Scott was up there doing his little dance, and they will fall in line. Now, will all of them fall in line? No. And Nikki Haley did win. Uh, Her margin was beefed up by the fact you have independents, which Mm -hmm. is kind of a joke in and of itself, and Democrats crossing over to vote for her. Those people will not be there during the general Mm -hmm. election. But I honestly don't think the base thinks or cares about any of that. They, They clearly, they don't care about the country at large, they don't care about the deficit. They don't care about much of anything. They care about making liberals cry and having someone out there with a big bullhorn screaming about how unfair their lives is and why their lives are crap because Democrats and rhino Republicans and anyone who says a mean word about Donald Trump becomes a rhino and a communist and a monster. That's who they are. I mean, this is, I, I've i said this on – I haven't gotten blocked, by the way, <laughs> on social media by reminding – my Never Trump friends, that you built a Doomsday machine with no off switch. Mm. There is no off switch to these people. And it's built that way. They, going back to Goldwater, this is what you built. You built a a mob of what I lovingly call reprogrammable meatbags who will, you know, you just swap out the hard drive and yesterday yeah. is gone. They they are that, re- and not all of them, but enough of them, enough of them that they can, they can own and control this, minority party that is big and scary and threatens democracy and because of weirdness with the electoral college and the way the way that that votes are counted um, and the way the Senate is structured can exercise an enormous amount of power without ever having to win an election outright
2: all right let me I got to take a a break shortly here I want to get in one more uh, thought here and we'll come back we'll talk about uh, some related items here including Joe Biden uh, as time allows Um, But, you know, uh, to your point, uh, uh, Driftglass, I I keep hearing, you know, of of polling that suggests, well, Trump's uh, very popular among Republicans, but that support would collapse this November in the event that he's actually convicted in one of the four felony indictments (laughs) that he's currently facing. I am not sure that is true. I keep hearing that over and over again, and people cite polls that show that to be the case. But I think it's likely that's, uh, you know, what some voters now say to save face when they're talking to pollsters. Oh, I would never uh, support a convicted felon. But if and when he is convicted, Heather, uh, won't he just turn that into a rallying point as well, just like the mugshot and everything else?
5: Uh, I'm sure he will try to, and I'm sure it will work with a certain number of those people. He's been very successful in um, you know, telling people that they need to believe him or believe their lion eyes. And there are plenty of people who seem to be susceptible to that. Um just, for instance, in all the the exit polls and all the polling that we that we've seen from Iowa and New Hampshire says that at least half of Republican voters believe that the election was was stolen and that Biden is not a legitimate president. And that's just a testament to Trump's ability to just sort of create reality um and for these people and mm-hmm. that they will follow along again it's a cult and that's how cult leaders do it they they persuade Which... people to believe you know lies and untruths. Mm-hmm. um but you know do i you know do i think that that the convictions will end up um having an effect i, I actually do now collapse no I don't think his support will collapse at all, but there is some evidence, and it really it, it's out there that there are independent, soft Republicans, people that might have you know, if if he hadn't had these legal problems, um, might have been able to swallow the um, you know the mm. the the big lie. Um, but this is this is kind of a you know, this is a bridge too far. And you saw people interviewed, you know, on all yeah, TV. But,
2: that... but those but those people, it seems like they're already factored in. I mean, uh, well, you know, it, it, we saw photos of thousands of pages of classified documents that he stole and put into the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. That seems bad. But unless we'll have to wait until he's actually convicted before we give a damn about it. Until then, we're going to go ahead and vote for him. Well, I mean I just, that goes
5: that goes to yeah. the to the idea that Trump has sort of put out, out into the ether that it's all illegitimate, right? I mean, and so I think that maybe there are a few people, and I'm not saying it's a lot, yeah. but it's a, it's a you know, it could represent a percentage point or two of people who when there's a jury <laughs> You know, there's actual, you know, human beings there looking at the evidence, yeah. and a judge in the formal, you know, courtroom atmosphere. That 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 they that that might be something that kind of shakes loose in their head and goes, you know, hmm, maybe maybe he's not so innocent after if all. If
2: that's the case, uh, they've already got something loose in their head. I got to get to a break <laughs> here, uh, Heather. Uh, special coverage of uh, whatever the hell happened on Tuesday night in New Hampshire at the primary, and whatever the hell is going to happen from here. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Joe Biden and more. I'm speaking with uh, Digby, Heather Digby Parton of Salon and uh, Drift Glass from Professional Left Podcast. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. Don't touch that dial. Hey, it's Brad. Well, we are here in another critical presidential election year. We cover elections like no other outlet in the nation. This election year will be a big one like none other. It could even be the last one, depending on how it goes. Seriously. Please help the Bradcast continue in this critical election year. Support our work right now with a generous donation via bradblog.com donate. Help keep the Bradcast and bradblog.com free for all. We couldn't do any of this without you. Please stop by bradblog.com donate right now. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks.
1: South Carolina voters don't want a coronation. They want an election. Yeah! And we're going to give them one. Nikki started to grind. <laughs>
2: Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Special coverage of the New Hampshire primary results with Heather Digby-Partner of Salon and Drift Glass of the Pro-Left Podcast. Uh, You know, um, uh, well, I'll start with uh, Drift Glass on this very quickly. Uh, You know, both CNN and MSNBC cut away very early from Trump's victory speech uh, on Tuesday. They played Haley's in full I understand why they're doing it, because he's just lying, of course, about one thing after another in these uh, things. But uh, ultimately, is that a good idea, or should they allow America to see who this guy is?
0: Well, America doesn't watch CNN or MSNBC. A tiny sliver of America does. And the tiny sliver of America that watches CNN and MSNBC, I think most of them are sick and tired of watching Donald Trump lie and prevaricate and so forth. and. Probably had enough of that, you know, that podium obsession back in 2016. So uh, I didn't lose any sleep over the fact that he didn't get full and complete coverage, but maybe someone did. So I might be the wrong person to
2: ask. Well, I like the idea of America knowing that, you know, he just said, hey, uh, they're going to invest uh, investigate this woman and we got five different things or whatever nonsense he had. I like the idea of America knowing that he actually did that. Uh, In any case, uh, Heather, um, Tuesday night's results showed that the time is coming to sit shiva for the Republican Party of the Bushes, Cheney's and Romney's, the New York Times argued. And the donor class that once played an outsized role in shaping the party is now a desperate group of bystanders. I think uh, all of us here spent many years decrying the uh, the so-called corporate donor class that controlled the GOP and arguably at times the DNC, for that matter. But, you know, if they are on the outs on the Republican side, um, well, do you miss those guys yet, Heather?
5: (laughs) Well, I don't miss them, and I don't think they're really on the outs. I think they'll do whatever is necessary, To get what they want. All you had to do this stuff that happened at Davos just last week with Jamie Dimon going Trump's not such a bad guy and we really shouldn't be so mean to his followers and blah, blah, blah. They come around, they come around, they do what they have to do because they know that Republicans, I don't care if it's MAGA Republicans or Romney Republicans or Cheney Republicans, it doesn't matter. They will all give them what they want. And so I don't think that you're seeing them being cast aside in any way. They're just shifting their their focus a little bit, and uh, they'll be there no matter what. These guys, they're, they are the zombies of the American political mm. system, and they're never going away.
4: And they're most definitely committed to making sure any Republican gets into office, because that's how they get their tax cuts.
2: Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I know. I, the uh, New York Times also said that, oh, yeah, Wall Street loathes Donald Trump. Really? No, really? Oh, that's nice. Really? Do they? Uh, Drift glass. Uh, uh, moving to Joe Biden here. I understand that the White House wanted the Republican race to be over as of Tuesday in New Hampshire. Uh, why? Why is that? Do- doesn't uh, Haley, con- you know, continue to take resources and and frankly fire from Donald Trump as long as she stays in this thing? I mean, it'll drive him crazy. Uh, you know, why wouldn't the White House want that?
0: Uh, I, in my opinion, if I were advising them, I would say Nikki's doing you a big favor. Mm. She is out there acting as the final speed bump on the way to the general election. But honestly, I think they rolled out Kamala Harris this week. They started talking in big terms about abortion with the 51st anniversary of Roe versus Wade. I think they would like to get on with the general election. And I think they would like to beat Donald Trump with a very big stick. They would like to talk about issues. They would like to talk about insulin. They'd like to talk about democracy, and they'd like their cannons pointed directly at Donald Trump. But as long as he's still scuffling around with Nikki Haley, that delays that timeline. But I don't think they're particularly put out by it. They they just raise money and you know, and keep watching Donald Trump lose it in public and give them free campaign commercials.
2: <laughs> it's it's very strange because, um, you know, it, it seems that Trump and the Republicans. Also, want to wrap thing wanted to wrap things up after New Hampshire. So, if Biden and the Democrats and Trump and the Republicans both want to wrap things up after uh, New Hampshire, Heather, can they can they both uh, Biden and Trump be right about what gives each of them the best advantage?
5: Well, they might be. I mean, they have they do have different reasons for for wanting that. I think Trump. Wants it because he he really believes in his in in his soul. Well, he doesn't have one, but he believes in his. In his <laughs> I was gonna say heart. No, he doesn't have one of those the big black Anyway, hole he believes where yeah. his soul
4: should
2: be. <laughs> the, the void yes, where yes.
5: all of those things nor right. are in a normal person. Yes, um, believes strongly that he is going to you know totally kick Biden to the curb. Uh, he's completely wrong about that. Um, and in fact, you know, just to go back to something you said earlier, you were talking with Driftglass about earlier. One of the reasons to show Trump right now is because he is deteriorating before our very eyes. And this is act- this is absolutely happening. I mean, I you know, we've all here watched him a lot over the more than we can ever get back uh, all these hours we spent watching Trump. And he is not the same person. And he is very rattled by what's going on. And, and he is he's not doing well and some of the stuff that he's saying out there people need
3: to see this because he's unraveling
5: so that's that you know that is
2: like this
3: the simplest of problems we can no longer solve we can't do anything we are an institute and a powerful death penalty we will put this on (laughs)
2: <laughs> Something like that? What? Is that what you're referring to? Yes,
5: exactly. <laughs> no, I doing, what he said. Like, Eric, that was you total,
2: bush, you know, <laughs> it, was, it
5: was gibberish, <laughs> complete gibberish. And he's doing that a lot and he's doing it a lot more than he used to. And he's always done it to some extent. Yeah. He gets mixed up, but this is getting much worse. So I do think that people need to see that. And, you know, for whatever reason, he has been convinced, and it's mainly because he lives in that right wing bubble, that the the minute that he gets into the general election with Joe Biden, he's going to just, you know, beat him to a pulp. It's just not true. And, and, you know, Biden is, you know, he's old, he's stiff, he, you know, he mumbles around a little bit. He's always done that, by the way, but he's nothing compared to this weirdo that, that is emerging, uh, you, you know, under the Donald Trump, mm. you know, rubric. So I, you know, I think he's wrong, but I think that's why he wants to do it. And it, it you know, he's got a lot of burdens. I mean, just the legal stuff alone, is enough to break a normal person. And, um, you know, I don't think he's holding up well at all. So they need to show that.
2: And and nonetheless, I keep trying to talk about Joe Biden and Trump keeps <laughs> pulling us back over. So let me he try, he does. Let me uh, try again here. Uh, drift Glass, uh, the, the uh, does Joe Biden and the uh, DNC's decision to make South Carolina the first primary, not New Hampshire, does that help uh, him, uh, either him or the Democrats this year? You know, Biden won New Hampshire in 2020. Hillary won it in 2016 the, in the general election. Uh, in both cases, it was, you know, very close Um and the folks in New Hampshire take their first in the nation primary status very seriously there. So was that a good idea to sort of um, you know strong arm New Hampshire out of the way? What's what's the upside there for Joe Biden?
0: Well, the upside is that New Hampshire and Iowa don't look at all like the Democratic Party.
2: Mm-hmm. They look
0: they're tiny, they're white, there. they they lean the wrong way, and that Joe Biden got the the, the rocket fuel he needed from South Carolina. So. You know, I, my preference is they'd start in Illinois. Illinois looks a lot like the country. We've got big mm. cities. We've got farms, all sorts of things. But, yeah, the whole idea that, that these tiny, very white states dominated the, uh, uh, dominate the selection process of so the choke points. I did a long post this week about how much money got spent just by Republican candidates in Iowa versus how much money the federal government gives to Iowa for workforce development throughout the entire year. Is six times the amount. It's it's insane that that amount of money. But that's real money going into the economy. That's kind of what they miss. They, they, I mean, what else do they have going for them? They they have proximity to Boston and they have maple syrup, and that's all they've got. So,
2: <laughs> you're you're not running anytime soon, I'm guessing. No. Uh, <laughs> Drifting. Um, very quickly, coming up to the uh, top of the hour here, uh, Heather. Joe Biden won as a write-in candidate in new hampshire nonetheless he won uh on uh, on tuesday against congressman dean phillips of minnesota he got about 20 percent of the vote uh and of course digby's candidate marianne williamson got uh about five percent of the vote (laughs) how long uh heather does does dean phillips remain in this race if his argument is that american democrats need or want another choice other than Biden, and he could not even win a race against Joe Biden that Joe Biden was not even in. (laughs) Is he going to be around for a while at this point?
5: Well, the rumor is, and apparently he's hinting at it, too, that he may join this no labels third party bid thing. If they'll have him, I don't even know. But he's starting to talk about that. So you know, I don't know what's up with this guy. I don't know what is going on in his head. He's rich. So he's paying some political consultants to apparently fill his head with, with, you know, daydreams. But, um, it sounds like he thinks he's going to be around a while, unfortunately.
2: All right. Uh, last question here before we get out, uh, I'll have, uh, all three of you have a, uh, take a shot at this one. We'll start with drift glass. Um, why is Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in so many polls right now?
0: Uh, because a whole lot of people are not convinced, according to polls and focus groups. And it's shocking me. I'm sure it's shocking to you is a whole bunch of undecided voters do not believe that Donald Trump is running for president or that he will be the nominee. They just can't believe it. There's, no, no, it can't possibly be true. There, it will be someone else. And then someone else is not going to be old. So I'm going to think about, you know, Joe Biden also. They've got a big, big megaphone on their side. They have a huge, huge megaphone, and and we just don't. We have the mainstream media, which continues to be a both-sides-do-it cesspool, and there's Fox and all the Fox affiliates. We have nothing like that. So there's no way to get the message out except through the mainstream filter, and the mainstream filter's always going to be, yeah, but the Democrats are just as bad. And That was all over the place the last couple of weeks. So I think once that clears out, and it's a contest between those two guys, uh, the numbers will
2: change. Desi Doyen, your thoughts, why is Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in so many polls, particularly in, in swing state polls, the ones that He's got to win
4: Well, I think that also goes back to Corporate mainstream media coverage You know, it's been all this vibes coverage About how bad the economy has been Which, you know, people who are busy with their lives Don't really uh, follow the news quite as closely They hear, oh, gas prices are high Food prices are high Inflation is high Everybody hates the economy In fact, although we already know That the data shows that the economy Is actually going really well For the vast majority of Americans Yeah, things are expensive But wages have grown at a pace that uh, you know at a record pace so I think part of that is because of the corporate media coverage making people feel like things are bad even though they're not really and um, I also think that voters have kind of forgotten about who Donald Trump is they've forgotten how incoherent and how nasty and how fascist he not only is but is getting worse and becoming even more fascist
2: Uh, Which uh, makes the sort of my earlier argument about uh, as sick and tired as we may be of hearing him and watching his speeches and hearing him lie about this and that, that maybe there is an argument that, yeah, well, we should see. Uh, who this guy actually is, uh, Digby? Any uh, closing thoughts on this? Uh, and all we ask is for something brilliant to end the show here. <laughs> um,
5: well, wh- <laughs> why is
2: Why is Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in uh, not? And I should note, not all the polls, right? But many of them at this point.
5: Well, I mean, I, I agree with everything everybody said, and I do think the final point that you just made actually. Brad your brilliant insight here well done. is the well one done. that's most important <laughs> it's uh-huh. the one that says that you know when people see trump and they and they get they come back to that and are forced to i'm sorry that they have to be but they do yeah. to see what that is i think those polls are going to shift and by the way most of them are very very close and they're within the margin of error so i you know we're not in buried in the polls either people need to to re- realize that it's very very close and by the way the election may be very close because I'm sorry, but a good, you know, half the country is completely out of their minds. So, you know, they're part of the cult. What well, can we do?
4: Actually, I would say that it's not half the country. I would say it's a third of the country, but most of them vote, unlike the yes. rest of the yes. normal people in the country who don't uh, vote and yes. don't turn out. So you end up having those people take up the, uh, the space of that we would normally maybe see if we had, you know, turnout of normal people.
2: Mm. Well, wow. There you go. That, the, 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 the brilliant final comment goes to Desi Doyan. Oh. Who would have guessed that? Uh, All right. We, gotta, we have to uh, get out. My, uh, thanks to both of you guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, we will be, as I uh, promised or threatened, depending on how you look at it, leaning <laughs> on you uh, throughout this year to help us try to make sense of the unsensible. I don't know what the word's <laughs> supposed to be there. but uh,
4: Incomprehensible. There we
2: go. Heather Digby-Parton, you can find her work, and you should, at uh, salon.com and digbysblog.net. You can also find her on the site still known as Twitter, at digby56. I think you can still find Driftglass on that site as well, where he is Mr. Underscore Electrico. You haven't been um, uh, uh, shut out of the site lately, have you, Bill? No, I'm still good a boy. All right. Uh, you can also find and download his weekly podcast that he does with his delightful wife, Fran, otherwise known as Blue Gal, uh, at ProLeftPod.com. And his blog uh, is still at DriftGlass.Blogspot.com, where I believe he, like Heather, like me at Brad Blog, have been at all of this for... Yes, as of today, more than 20 years, at least, on uh, on my side. Congrats, you guys.
5: Oh, congrats. Yeah.
2: Anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll have to let folks I know, know over tired, at the blog too. at some yeah. point. Exhausting. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate uh, both of you. Appreciate all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. That is made possible by those of you who, for the past 20 years, have helped us stay on the blog and your public airwaves by hitting one of those donate buttons or going straight to bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. Always good to hear from you. And you can find me on the Facebook's Mastodons and site, still known as Twitter, at TheBradBlog. We will see you there until we see you here. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
4: You're listening to The Bradcast. We are 100% listener supported. Thanks to listeners like you who drop by bradblog.com slash donate.